Today's Dharma talk is titled, Don't Land, another one of those don't talks, or donut talks, however you want to spell it. And so, <clears throat> as we use that as a index uh, to work with our consciousness, what the practice part of it is, uh, well, maybe I should start with the, the, uh, the ground of the basis of it. The ground of the basis of even doing anything at all is, what, suffering. We have, we have suffering, our friends have suffering, our family, the world are in distress on some level. Some people less than others, of course. Some, some people are in such terrible shape that they're, they're what we call not free and well-favored. They're not free because they're imprisoned by their culture, their society, their family or whatever, and they're not well-favored in that even if they did have some liberty because they're so embroiled in their thought patterns, they believe their thoughts or else they disbelieve their thoughts. Not separate. Believe their feelings. When emotions come up, please don't believe them or disbelieve them. Don't do anything with them. And for sure, don't add some kind of commentary on where they came from because you will be partially correct. So the ground is difficulty, suffering, and the path. Using this same uh, idea, don't land, is to see how much we keep landing on everything. We keep grasping, we keep grabbing, we keep ending up here and ending up there and trying this and trying that. So I sometimes say it the other way around, don't, another don't, don't do anything unless you have to. If, you, if you're doing something, if you think about this as a kind of transcendental common sense, if you're doing something you don't have to do, what the hell is that about? When you're actually doing something, you don't have to do that. So you probably, if you look and inspect that, which will be much easier for you to do clearly if you spend a lot of time looking at the wall, because your ability to actually see is, is, is uh, enhanced or clarified. So if you see the way in which you keep doing this, you keep, and one of the one of the difficulties with that is the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the seventh consciousness, is, as taught in the Yogacara tradition of the eight consciousness, the seventh one, the paranoid area of the mind, will make a comment, and even the slightest comment is too much. The slightest comment will bury your consciousness for weeks, months, years, and that can be as simple as "there I go again." That's ego's strategy. Oh, there I go again. I keep doing that. That doesn't make that sound. That was me making that sound. But it does. It goes around and around. As soon as you make any comment on anything, everything starts to spin. This doesn't mean you should never talk. I'm just saying that that we we come to this practice uh, uh, using, uh, utilizing, enhancing, empowering our awareness, which is more like the sky than like a cloud. It's more like an open space in which things come and go. The sky doesn't do anything. The sky doesn't even say, come on, little clouds. Get a lot of room here. The sky doesn't do that. It's just the sky. Just the sky. No comment. No comment. No comment. So the ground is the suffering. The path is noticing the way you keep doing something. It adds to the suffering. Keeps that going around and around and around. And the renunciation part, which is a fancy word in Buddhism, of course, but it's not about stopping it. Now, there are other teachers that do, and even, even my teacher, Trumper Rinpoche, talked about, don't do this, do this, shouldn't do that, stop doing that. He was always about telling people what to do. And of course, look who he's talking to, a bunch of hippies in 1973. What else are you going to say? Stop that. Don't do that anymore. He changed his tune a little bit later. So the ground is the suffering or the difficulty or the pain or the irritation or the, the failure or however you, whatever you want to characterize it. And the path is watching that, watching the way we, we keep fueling or feeding that difficulty 
And one of the ways that we do it through the three poisons, passion, we meddle with it, we fool with it, we interpret it, we call it this, we call it this, or we sit and we comment on it like, there I go again. That's actually, there I go again, actually covers up the very thing that you should be, insofar as you should do anything, or you could be looking, you could actually be looking at that. It's embarrassing. You know, we, we, we don't really want to see that. We want to get rid of that. And the embarrassment uh, uh, is ego gets embarrassed. Wisdom mind doesn't get embarrassed. The Buddha is not embarrassed about anything particular. <clears throat> so the ground is suffering. The path is awareness, awareness, awareness. And the fruition is what? No self, no other, or not separate, or liberation, or enlightenment. Use that word if you want to. I don't usually use that. But it's realization. It's realizing that whoever this is, this person that you are that wakes up every morning, uh, probably smiling, <laughs> is, is not separate from anything else that's smiling. It's not separate from it. So to wake up and, I'm not saying you have to smile, but you could wake up and realize every time you wake up in the morning that this is all completely, complete generosity. It's, it's completely giving you everything. The least you could do, the most you could do, what you should do, is you should give it your attention. Even your suffering, give the suffering your attention without adding to it. I shouldn't be doing that. Oh, there I go again. Or why it came up or analyzing it. Do nothing with it except just see the texture of that. If you see the texture, that's how you eventually enter uh, the three kayas or the dharmakaya, the sambhogakaya, the nirmanakaya, the three ways of looking at this reality, the solid part, not so solid part, and the completely non-existent part, or shunyata, emptiness. So the suffering, the path that works with the suffering, or the path, you could say the path that leads away from the suffering, if you wanted to use a relative way, the path that, that clarifies that situation of how that warfare even ops, operates at all. It's getting its, it's getting its energy from somewhere, and it's getting it from passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear. Hope and fear. Hope and fear. Paranoia and what's that other one? Belly button. <laughs> in the middle is the heart. In the middle is your, your beating, not just your beating heart, your organ, your blood pumping organ, but, you, but the center of this is somehow seems to be in this area. You know it. You know this is where the, the feelings and the emotions are. The fear is down here. The paranoia is up here. So insofar as you can, uh, train your mind. I don't have anything for you to believe. I don't have any particular sales pitch other than, say, having difficulty, maybe you should train your mind, find out who you are, find out without a doubt, find out completely. This That's all the Buddhist path is about. Someone who understood something 2,500 years ago, shared it with a few people, and those few people made it into a, at that time, a spiritual path, a world religion. I don't think he particularly had any intent to do that. He just wanted to help people. <clears throat> so when you, you land somewhere, Something comes up, uh, something wa someone walks in the room, uh, someone calls on the phone, uh, something changes or, you know, you, you get a new job, you lose a job, you, you, all the various things that are coming and going in our life uh, don't add. I mean, if you spontaneously add to something, well, that's not good. You can hear yourself saying that <laughs> under your breath probably because you don't want, everybody else seems to be okay, but you're saying that this is not good. That's what's about that. But you don't do that. You go... Doesn't seem very good to me. You know about that? Ventriloquist. This doesn't look very good. I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, it will. It'll be fine. Don't worry. 
I would have starved to death, the puppet master. So the encouragement is what? Is to train your mind, please. I don't beg for much. I beg for very little, but I'm saying, please do that so I can get famous for having wonderful students. You can realize this. And there's no guarantee, of course. You may practice the rest of your life. You may go into retreat from now till, uh, what is it, uh, the cows come home, as the farmer used to say. You don't have any cows out there at the farm, do you? You haven't looked around yet. <laughs> I walked into that one. <laughs> That's true. So if the difficulty is there, is the suffering, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 3 hours, 5 hours, uh, 2 weeks from today, tomorrow afternoon, something can go awry in your life that's difficult. And I would say, please do nothing with it. Even though it's obvious that Jim or Melvin or Harry or Mary or uh, anybody did this and this that's causing this difficulty that is having giving you problems. We're not saying that that didn't happen. We're not saying we're not tr denying relative truth to live into some kind of Pollyanna kind of everything is fine, nothing ever bothers me. Fine. We're not talking about that. We're talking about I'm talking about be genuine, but don't add. It's, it's perfectly okay to get upset or lose your temper. You don't have to be live it with somebody else's idea of what a meditator is. Be who you are. Be genuine. That may mean that you, if somebody does something like that, you might say, "Hey." I don't think you should be doing that. And then they may turn and say, you need to meditate more. I'm sure you've had, everybody here has had somebody tell them that. If they know you're a meditator, they go, haven't been meditating yet yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that if someone does that, use that as an opportunity to, to draw them into your, your, uh, your world. Uh, you could even use that and say, uh, perhaps I'm not. On the other hand, you could you know, admit it or go along with it. Be with that. Be with that. But you could also come right back uh, three seconds later and say, that doesn't take away from what you're doing right there. So you acknowledge, because you, you might be right about that, but that doesn't take away from you, whatever they might be doing. I could come up with some ideas, but I'd rather you use your own uh, imagination. Can our, can our want to see more clearly get in the way of what's in front of us? Excuse me. Probably not. I mean, you anything can anything can be turned into some kind of a trip or something that can cloud things up. But. Excuse me, probably not. Just a, a wish to be more clear. I don't think so. Now, if you start adding on to that, this is the only way you can do it, or I have to do it this way, or this won't work, or that won't work, and you start, as they say, slicing and dicing everything. But just that, that's just, uh, uh, in your situation, since you received uh, precepts, uh, received yukai, then the formal way that could be addressed with you is the, is the, the wish, the desire to be with all things, to save all beings is the personal way to say it, uh, compassion, and uh, the way to say it out of emptiness is to be with all things. Those are the two, compassion and uh, emptiness, prajna, compassion, prajna, karuna. Yes? Um, when we had talked about this talk, adult length, we had talked a little bit about exploring consciousness without coming to any conclusions. Yes. And there's many roots to consciousness. Yes. Exploring that, I'm wondering... How will we know which um, which avenues to look down? Very good. Thank you. Good question. So um, start with, you know, use a, and I've used this image before, start with the, with the knife itself. Sharpen the knife. And then you can, wherever you go, you know, this image only goes so far as all metaphors work a little bit and they start to crack and crumble because they're so relative. But So sit down, hold still. You don't have to believe anything. You don't have to disbelieve anything. Sit down, hold still. 
and this is what this place is for. Uh, it's a good place to do this. As you've noticed, it's easier to sit here with other people sitting than it is to sit at home. You sit here, there's a strong form, someone rings a bell, you, you know, but, but it doesn't take away at all from you sitting here and you're the one who's looking at the wall, look, listening to your stomach growl, or then a person next to you, their stomach growl. Watching what moves, no matter what it is, watching the mind tick, 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 or the emotions spinning around, memories coming up, the traffic. Noticing the noticing that uh, the differences in those by contrast and not by value. Value is a uh, that was just a strategy. I mean, it's not to say that one thing doesn't have more importance or value or something else, but it needs to come out of the space rather than to be thought about ahead of time. Like having a plan for something may may make you feel safe because oh, I got a plan, but it may be totally uh, uh, ignoring the the incredibly and vast changeableness of what you're planning about. All of the un, unseen changes and conditions that are coming, just like all this property. Those of you who have been here for a while have noticed the amazing changes and growth that happened around here. Uh, comes about by everybody here. So the consciousness that you're asking about, I'm saying, let's first, let's make sure that whatever we look into, whether it be um, dream work, which is something you've been doing, whether it is deep consciousness, which is something all of us or some of us have been doing by actually deliberately moving the consciousness back uh, deeper to see what is uh, if there's anything buried back there what is going on but we don't turn away from anything it's not about believing disbelieving or ignoring if you the degree to which you believe anything is the degree to which you're shutting down buddhism is not something to believe in if you disbelieve in something that's an area that things are shutting you're not going to look in that you're being more selective the selectivity that you may need will arise as you need it if you just have this is a word we don't use too often, but I'm going to use it now. Have some faith in your, in just this basic, genuine presence of just your sitting here. You, you know about gravity. You know about the feeling your nerve endings tell you about how your clothes feel. It's the same nerve endings that, uh, that have pleasure are the same nerve endings that experience pain. The very nature of being a living being is an astonishing thing that is just totally given to us. If there is an us for it to even, for it to even receive it. It's an astonishing situation to find ourselves in. So therefore, we're a really unique situation because we're not tied into the, the, the Dharma of Tibet or the Dharma of Japan. A little of that, a little of that, and a little of being living in a, uh, being talked to by a, the son of two factor workers. And that's not something I'm saying, like I'm proud of that. I'm just saying it's just the case. It's a really interesting situation we find ourselves in. And my encouragement is to... Um, Train your mind and then go into consciousness. Go into, it could be just something that you're doing uh, with your own consciousness relative to your family members, relative to your spouse, relative children, or, or some, possibly some other area. There's just so many dynamics, so many ways consciousness works. We don't even know what it is. We kind of know what, we kind of know something about it, but it's not exactly knowledge in the conventional sense, although materialistic science wants to wrap it up and put it in a thing and test monks, see which monks have alpha waves, which ones have theta, and which ones, and then they try to make some kind of sense out of that. It's like looking up at the sky and trying to make sense out of that. Good luck. When we look at it with things and think stuff about it. Go ahead. This one's 580 billion light years from that one. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> Can you say what, how or the lack of proof is related to what we're endeavoring to? Yeah. So the proof or lack of proof or the relative outcome of any given situation uh, should be, could be uh, incremental. 
so that it's not like uh, this and that. It's not like I'm doing this so that will happen. I'm meditating so I'll be more this, more that, and then look for results, look for results. All that energy going into looking for results. As Papaji, the, the teacher, uh, the great uh, uh, student of Ramana Maharshi, who taught in India in the last latter part of the last century, uh, one of his basic teachings was his students, and he often taught to small groups of people, as, uh, give up the search, don't look for anything. And I would add to that, but don't stop looking. But whatever's, whatever's showing up for you, for anyone, at any time, tomorrow at noon, this evening at midnight, when you wake up to go to the can or something like that, whatever's showing up right, right then is exactly what you need to see. And it's, it's exactly what you need to see, especially if you add nothing to it, no interpretation onto that. Well, I must be dreaming this because of that. Or I must not be able to remember my dreams because of this. And just uh, uh, always leaving the scene of the crime and going to something else about it. There isn't anything else but this. It looks like it, though, doesn't it? It looks like there's stuff everywhere. I mean, you go, if you go look in our garage. <laughs> we, don't, we have a garage? No, we don't. No. We'll do that then. That's, a, that's an emptiness teaching then. <laughs> our garage is empty of junk because we don't have a garage. <laughs> but we have the bullpen over here, which is loaded. And you guys want to volunteer? Clean that out. Where was I? Well, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> stay there whatever's happening please whatever's happening stay there but whatever it does don't land there in other words don't don't track it down if it leaves don't even say adios if it comes in don't even bother saying hello don't, but don't don't take your sense fields including the mind if the mind is fretting and worried and thinking and, and you're believing your thoughts and emotions emotions are going to come up they're going to come up the rest of your life more than likely don't believe them this must be because that happened, or this must be a why. Or oh, here's, here's one that will really uh, stop you from seeing what it is. Why am I feeling this way? Please don't do that. If I did that, I wouldn't even come in here. Let's stay home. Cody'd have to teach you. <laughs> so when I, I say that, I also don't mean when your emotions try to find some way to Push, I just shouldn't, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to believe that. Don't lecture yourself. Whatever's coming up, uh, don't do anything with it. Uh, it's just, all form is empty. Emptiness is form. The same is true of feeling, perception, concept, what? memory, consciousness, the six sense fields and their objects all coming together. That's a whole lot of little tiny uh, nameable things that all come together to make up the me feeling, the I, the I should, I shouldn't. I should do that. No, I shouldn't. I better not. I should. They shouldn't. I should. They shouldn't. What if they? What if I? It's just a constant labyrinth. It's like a house of mirrors. It's like a Ferris wheel. It's like uh, lemmings running into the sea. That looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Poor lemming. So don't land. when you. And this doesn't mean that if you find yourself flopped over on some idea, concept, feeling, emotion, uh, attribution, or blaming someone then look at it for a while. And if you can, this is something you can actually do. If you see that you're blaming someone, uh, if your awareness is strong, then you won't add to it like, I shouldn't blame. If you add, I shouldn't blame, it's circular. But just be with, be genuine. If you're blaming, if you find the blame comes up spontaneously, they, put it simple, they're bad. That's a good one. They're bad. Then just, the awareness is there and just, walk, just look at it. Don't, don't do anything with it. And then if you, 
you'll know if you look at it, if you can really see and be with your own negative feelings, you can actually find the tail end of that and pull that blame back away. But it's a very subtle situation. If there's a slightest bit of aggression, if there's a slightest bit of this has to, I have to do this, passion, if there's a slightest bit of ignoring, it doesn't matter what I do, then that won't work. It'll, it'll, it'll go, it, the energy of that will go back into a circularity that might even be at a lower level where it takes you even longer to get down into it. So, awareness. Awareness is queen. Yes. How is there movement without? Hmm? How is there movement without? Uh, the movement I'm talking about, about pulling that back, uh, comes out of the vow to be with all things. Comes out of your desire, being in a relative world, in a relative form, relative body, with your fingernails growing. Pull it back. It's almost like a feather. I mean, one end of it might be full of blood because of the blame, but it's still a feather. More? Does landing mean moving? No moving. Moving. Get out. No moving. The Chinese? <laughs> moving. Ming vase. What was the question? Does landing suggest no moving? Landing suggests fixation. So when you when you land on something, you, you you it becomes congealed or solidified or or it thickens. That whole area thickens. But if you don't do anything, then if you don't land anywhere, then there may be something, some kind of a landing. But it's a lot. It doesn't have a uh, an end. It doesn't have a past and the future anymore. It's like it's like dreams, as uh, as it says in uh, Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training. The absolute bodhicitta practice is to regard all dharmas as dreams. Everything that happens to you is a dream. And this is why we, uh, especially uh, Chesvan has been working on a dream practice we're going to call intentional. Set. Yeah. So which which he will be helping people, teaching a class in that. And so that's an area. And then the other, thing, other area we're going to work in uh, more and more is to do deep consciousness work. We've found uh, over time that there's something happening with consciousness that might not always be able to be, we might not always be able to locate or work with it by just sitting down and facing the wall. We're not saying that we stop doing that. We need to do that. We need to sharpen that. But sometimes there's obstructions or difficulties that we don't know exactly what kind of realm they exist in. In ancient times, they call those, in Tibet, they call them the dun, um, which is, that's what the tea offering is. So there's ways of operating, but there's and there's some deliberate ways of doing it in tantric practice uh, from Tibet. But no one's actually bringing some of those things together like we're doing with the dream practice or like we're doing with lots of people who are doing hypnosis and everything to go in and work with deep consciousness. But uh, rare to find someone who is doing what first? Sharpen the knife first before you start to go into any of those areas. First, let's use that metaphor. I use it all the time. Just let's make sure the blade that we're going to be using to go in and prune trees, uh, chop up carrots, is extremely sharp. So you're not trying to... Because if it's not, you, you won't know why you can't cut through it. Because the awareness is not in such a situation that it can look at the blade and say, well, this is a butter knife I brought to this samurai fight. Yes? How do you know when it is getting sharp? You won't. If you know then, yeah, it won't. So just practice, practice, practice. And then when it's time to move in another direction through the causes and conditions that arise without a self, because whether you think there's a self or not, there isn't. The causes and conditions that arise without a self, if you're in that kind of milieu, if you're, if you're functioning with a teacher, functioning with a sangha, 
And then uh, that's why it's the three jewels are so important. And every single one, all three of them are very, very important. I've, it's taken me decades to realize that. For a long time, I thought, what's that about? Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. So you won't know. On the other hand, you also won't be confused about it. In other words, you will find yourself moving in, in ways that are, are, that there's no thought process of figuring, calculating, looking for uh, advantage. Those kind of pra- that's mundane world. We're talking about a spiritual path, not a mundane path. Spiritual path can have a lot of uh, difficulty that needs to be there in order for the kind of fruition that you're looking for, which in this path needs to be save all beings. We all have to communicate, cooperate, collaborate. And how do we do that? We start by looking at the way we can't really communicate very well. We can't, it's, you notice how hard it is to do that? A little bit easier with someone who meditates because they're kind of, they're kind of, it's kind of built in after a while. They just tend to, because they're giving themselves the doubt on everything. They start to actually share that attitude with you. Glory be. <laughs> James, on the corner. How does our awareness practice uh, work to, or, or does it work to uh, open ourselves at the heart and find compassion? I think it's just repetition. To be simply put, it's because we're, we just, when you're sitting down, you don't know that you're in the heart, you know. But you sure know when you're in the head, thinking about it and, and paranoid about what's going to happen next, or what you should have done, what you shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done this, I, or else upset about how you're feeling about things, or how you're believing in this or disbelieving that, or you're in the gut because there's some kind of something terrible is going to happen. You have uh, this is where the anxiety usually comes up, and usually, not usually, but Quite often, it's like you don't even know, you can't find out why that's happening. You can't think your way into that. You can't, and this does nothing but think. You can't think your way out of it, and you can't feel your way into it. So this is why this is the heart of the Buddha. This is bodhicitta. This is the mind of awakening. We just need a reverence point. Actually, it could be in your toe. I don't know. You know, probably those scientists that are testing the Dalai Lama's mounts are going to find out that one of their toes is actually can just become invisible automatically. That would really upset them. <laughs> Go ahead. So the, does Bodhicitta uh, awaken when the head and the, the gut are more likely when the head and the gut are taken out of the equation? No. No, at work, it, it, it happens, to use a literal way of saying it, the way you're asking the question, it happens when you see no separation between anything. You don't care if you're paranoid. You don't care if you're frightened to death. It's only about liberation. It's only. Save all beings. Everyone else comes first. This doesn't mean you don't eat. Doesn't mean you don't take a shower. Doesn't mean you don't look and say, which kind of soap should I use? Doesn't mean that you don't take care of yourself, but it means fundamentally your, your life is about others. If it's not about others, then uh, it'll be difficult. More? Mm-hmm. Um, you, earlier in the talk, you said something about renunciation, and yeah. I wanted to explain how that in our practice. <clears throat> so... Uh, we talked about it last week, the big no of Trunk Rinpoche's poem in his uh, book of poems. Uh, and uh, I don't remember when it was. It was here, wasn't it? Big no. Yeah, it was during book study and uh, the during the noon book study, I think. The noon. And Drew uh, uh, down in Florida have, had a copy of that book and he read the, the big no. And so uh, the idea there, it's, uh, it's not like a... It, it, renunciation is instead of being like, I need to stop doing that. It's just like a, a, an understanding that you're going to, not that I need to, but you're going to stop something because your awareness about it is so clear that you need no, what's the fancy word, ratiocination, some kind of mental process around that. You don't need to do a lot of uh, research and, you know, getting out all of the, you know, Googling everything. You don't need to do anything. It's just clear. 
uh, and it's it's like what he's saying there. He, he's I feel that he's probably trying to communicate that. How do I tell these guys, these hippies? Tell them how to just big no. It has no has no past, no future, has no goal. It has a goal. It's not the big no. It's not the renunciation. It's some kind of device that you're trying to empower so you can get some particular result. And the the, the, the cause and effect are very powerful in the relative plane. This is a um, Samvriti Satya, this is the teachings before the Buddha and the Indian philosophy. The Paramartha Satya, which are, which are uh, the, uh, the Sanskrit way of saying ultimate, complete ultimate truth to which there's no other. There's no separation. And to begin to work with one, one's mind in such a way that you're, you're not being disrespect, disrespectful to the, your relative situation, chop wood, carry water. You actually are able to work very easily in this area because you're no longer at war with any of you. If you look down in your gut, you don't see two fists coming together. You don't even see one fist anymore. You just, you just, you don't see anything particular. But you may see, uh, may come up where uh, the things that you're doing, there's one thing or two things or eight things or a complete array of things. You're just not doing that anymore. It's like, no, it's choiceless. It's like knowing... Now, those of you who've been around for a while, it's just knowing uh, and different. It's knowing when a relationship is over with. You don't need to think it. You've just been maybe spent years thinking about it, and then at some point, that's over. But it's it's like something you do, but it's like something that you just watch happening. You just watch. it's like it's like taking uh, the trunk room. But I'm thinking about his poems. I'm just thinking about his some of his poems. Uh, he would. He would function in a way as if he, uh, if he was the sky, he was the clouds, and he describes himself as weather, carrying the mace of the wind and carrying the, the you know, shield and buckler, it is. shield and buckles. But so it's just kind of a, not, you're not separate from anything. And to begin to understand that is to uh, no longer uh, take credit for anything. You don't get credit for anything. And also, no longer, you're no longer blamed for anything, nor do you do that with anyone else. This doesn't mean that you don't say thank you to someone if they help you or, or, or correct someone if you see they're creating uh, some kind of problem for, for others or, or even for yourself. You wouldn't say something. Further question. What's the difference between landing and an intention? Say more. You're coming out of some kind of a idea about it. Yeah, or how is an intention not land? Or is that way to me? What's the difference that you're talking about? What do you think? The intention just feels to have the mind of Okay. So like the intention to come to sitting or the intention to, you might want to do something else, but you have an intention to do this. And so that takes precedence of so that kind of thing, more deliberate kind of thing than landing. Landing is something that, I'll go a little further. Landing is something that comes up out of, out of having preferences. If you have preferences, we're not trying to get rid of one's preferences, but if you, if you buy into the preferences, uh, then you tend to land where you're getting your way, right? You're, you're getting some, some kind of a little miniature payoff or maybe a bigger payoff to, to something else that you want to occur. Whereas the intention might have, could have, uh, the Bodhisattva path has the intention to be with all things. So that would just include everything. You would come in, you have a teacher, this guy, and you have a Sangha, these people, they come and go all the time, but it's a Sangha our community of people who are trying to understand these teachings of the Buddha. And then we have the teachings. And so everything, uh, coming in, being the dawn, uh, doing the chants, um, sweeping the floor, vacuuming. There's something different about this kind of uh, intentional community. So it's, it's, we're intentionally working with this 
Right? No one is no one's a prisoner here. Everyone is not a commune. You stop coming. Uh, I notice that, but I probably won't do anything about it. I don't call up people and say, why aren't you here? No, it's about having respect for people. They, people need to be respected. People that are here are here because they have the intention of coming here. I don't know the causes and conditions that arise as any particular person, but I respect what you need to do. And if you need to go somewhere else and do something else, then correct incorrect is beside the point. And that includes even people who live here. If you've lived here for a couple of years, so you more about it. An intention be blinding. This is be ignoring or like you climb down. Could be. Could be. This is where uh, the intention will show up more clearly uh, if you're uh, interacting with Sangha. If you if you in our situation, we're working with pretty strong concepts, but with Sangha, it shows up. You know, it's a it's communication, cooperation, collaboration. So some one person might not have a lot of energy. And we respect that. We don't go into any praise and blame about anyone. Difficult not to, especially in an intentional community, as you've noticed. Much different than a, a biological family, where people are biologically related. Much different thing. But an intentional situation where we're coming together and practicing together, then there's a lot of respect for other people's uh, boundaries and other people's way of working with the mind. So. An example would be you're coming in here and practicing, but someone else who also lives here in the community and who, who is uh, obligated to follow the forms is doing something else. And they're not telling you why they're doing something else. So you don't know. So you're sitting here and thinking, I wonder where they're going. I'd like to get up and go somewhere too. <laughs> but I can't because I'm not done. Darn it. <laughs> How do I know? I've spent many hours doing this. I've spent many hours thinking about other what other people are thinking about what I'm thinking they're thinking. It's just a, it's aggravating to go there. But you can't yank yourself out of there. You have to do it through awareness. So you have to allow yourself to be a little bit foolish and continue to do that and watch how that works so that you, because if you watch how your own neurosis works without interfering, please don't try to make yourself get better. You're not going to be able to help anybody. That's very selfish. Use your dis- use your confusion. Use your dissatisfaction. Use use that as a as a way of understanding who you are, without getting rid of yourself. Be genuine, without being something else. Don't be somebody else. Don't get better. Or don't get worse. Don't do anything. Just see, and in this way, as you go along, you'll find that you will be more clear about other people's activity instead of seeing someone who's doing something that irritates you, makes you mad, and you don't like. Instead. Uh, that may be be there, but what you see is you see more deeply that they're so unhappy. That's why they're functioning that. They're, they're trying to get out of their own suffering. People have ways of doing that that are very difficult for other people to be around them. So I'll get better. It'll be a good talk title. Yes. Um, Max in Pennsylvania has a question. Who? Max. Max. He says, um, how can we keep watching when thought seems to completely derail awareness? It seems only after a thought ends do I become aware I was distracted. Was there watching? Uh, so not knowing uh, what the extent of your practice is, uh, Max, and, and how you particularly practice, but I would say sit more. The way it's sounding, what you're, the question you're asking me shows me what's happening in your awareness. Not that I know what you're thinking. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it shows me how that operates. And I think sitting a lot more, hold still, watch what moves. Hold still and watch what the mind moves, the diaphragm moves, the tongue moves around in your mouth. People go out the door, birds chirp, 
people slam doors. So I don't I don't see a problem with that. The only thing when I say I don't see a problem, I'm saying that it's what, what I'm seeing is the path, just the process, and, and just just continue to do that. Continue to see this, see how what the thought is doing, and and just watch that and watch the. Uh, eventually, you'll see how much you're thinking about what you're thinking. And I'm not saying to stop thinking about what you're thinking. I'm saying to see how much you think about what you're thinking. As Trung Rinpoche says on his book of poems, his title, First Thought, Best Thought. First Thought is just your own karma, just like your ears. They come from, you didn't create these. Go look in the mirror. Wouldn't you have made your ears stick out further so you could hear better? Make your nostrils bigger so it's easier to breathe? You don't have any say-so about this. Why would you have any say-so about anything else? And the other understanding is you don't need to say-so. Just stop objecting to anything and stop agreeing with anything. And just be here. Just be present. Genuinely. Be here genuinely with your craziness, your neurosis, your emotions. Uh, Trunk Rinpoche's way of saying this is make friends with yourself. I would add on a really deep level, go way down into this and, and make friends. So warfare, this is an image I use all the time. Might not work at all. So what is it? Both of this? Both of them is you're at war with yourself. Uh, the 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 remainder of that, the remainder of energy, is still looking for another fist. You want you don't you, you want to do something with this uh, intensity, and w- when somebody starts sitting, this is this first fist stop, stops quite soon. But that other one can keep going for a while. And at some point, if if this gets to be too much for you, you'll start to blame blame other people for it. So it gives you a fist back. You can fight with something. You blame your teacher. You blame you blame your mate. You blame the sangha. You. <laughs> Difficult. How do I know? You know, I know. And I, and I, I have just so you know, I've not gotten rid of anything. I don't. I've gotten rid of. And she said, "Well, that's obvious." <laughs> Any further questions? Bobby, close on. You often said, "Come out of the head, rise out of the gut into the heart." Yeah. What is it about this area in the chest, viscerally, that describes to? Well, traditionally, it's the heart chakra. Uh, which is not the blood bumping organ, but it's traditionally, several traditions talk about this area. Even Ramana Maharshi said, uh, two fingers, uh, uh, two fingers to the, the right of center is uh, is the spiritual center of the human being. I don't know that. All I know is it's, it's here. More. So if something comes up, feels spiking. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. That is Bodhicitta. Spikes in the heart. Lucky you. <laughs> Your dad is a bodhisattva. Your dad is here to teach you the Dharma. He learned the Dharma 15 lifetimes ago. He's come back to work with you. You already know that. He's 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 a Dharma gate for you. You already know this. I don't even need to tell you that. It's a Dharma gate. Working with him. My mother and my stepfather were Dharma gates for me. Suddenly opens up. What changed? You no longer see an other and you no longer see or experience or i'm not saying you don't experience but you no longer believe in a self or believe in another you're just trying and, it, and it's not a it's not a it's not a location this path is endless it goes on forever it just goes and goes even though as it's been said by others uh, not just me but the, the buddha is working on himself somewhere no goal path without goal journey without goal it's a journey this is this is endless this is just a little tiny snip. This uh, born, live for, well, I'm, I add on to these because I'm getting older. I used to say 70 years. <laughs> I passed that. So I got to say 80 years. Uh, we live for a while and then, it's, then that's gone. We don't know. 
and the one who is realized does not care because they because of their gratitude. No, it's just a, a word to suck in ego. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? Like the word enlightenment, that's another one. Any further questions? Thank you so much. <laughs>